preached on how Jesus took fish and fed men plus children. And uh, I was, and he was kind of thinking about how the boy came to uh, his lunch came to Jesus, right? Well, another gospel shares that Andrew, one of the disciples, brought the little boy to Jesus and said, here, uh, here's this little boy. He has a, uh, a lunch of five loaves of bread and two fish. Two fish. And I wonder what, because I don't think they went around, hey, little boy, give me that lunch. I don't, <laughs> I don't think they did. I think that this little boy must have been close by, and I think he probably heard what was going on, and I think he offered his lunch. And what made this little boy willing to offer his lunch uh, to Jesus? This word that was used in the video, faith. So this morning I want to talk about the faith in the life of one of the heroes of the Bible. Abraham uh, is called the father of faith very often. Uh, His life is summed up in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Hebrews 11 is often referred to as the Hall of Faith. Uh, For you football uh, fanatics, no, not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. So we are going to look this morning at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and how it talks about Abraham. If you have a Bible, um, the the, uh, scriptures are not going to be on the, uh, necessarily all going to be on the screen. Some of them will be. If you'll turn to, in your Bible, the Pew Bible, it's Hebrews 11 is on 1191, page 1191 in the Pew Bibles. So um, I want to start by talking about why faith is so important. So let's begin with Hebrews 11.6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, when Jesus was on the earth and he was baptized, you remember that as he was coming up out of the water, John the Baptist said he saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove. And he said that they heard a voice. And if you remember the story, the voice said, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is what God was saying to Jesus. And so if we say that we are followers of Jesus, if we want to be like Jesus, then one of the things that we need to do is seek to please God. We should live, we should desire to live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, This scripture that we just read shows that there's, one requirement necessary for us to live a life pleasing to God. Um, and that's by faith. By faith. Now, as you can see in the verse, it says we've got to believe that God exists, right? We have to believe that he exists. But more important, we must believe that God rewards those who believe in him. It's not only that we believe that God exists, we believe that he rewards those that believe in him. So I want us to start 
by talking about, real briefly, what faith is. So if you look at Hebrews 11, and it's in, it's in your Bible, Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Uh, now the word in uh, confidence, that you see on the, on the, in, in, the, in the verse confidence, it's the NIV, the word is translated substance in the King James Version. Maybe you have the King James Version. You can see it says substance. And in the New American Standard, it says certainty. I like the definition. If you look in your concordance, Strong's concordance says, that which has been done, a deed, an accomplished fact. I like uh, what one commentator said. He said, faith is the title deed of things hoped for. Faith is the title deed. You know, when you buy a car or you buy a house, um, they don't give you the deed. I just paid off my car, and I got it after several months. <laughs> I got the deed in the mail. But they don't give you that until you've paid off your car. Well, this here is saying that faith is the, t- is the deed. We have the proof. We have the evidence, if you will, that what God has promised us, he's going to bring about. Um, I like that. In fact, in the, in the, it, where it talks about the assurance of things not seen, that that word is translated evidence and proof. Our faith is the proof. Um, if someone asks you, um, how do you know that there's a God? How do you know that your sins are forgiven? How do you know that there is a heaven? What is your proof? What is your evidence? Well, what's the answer? The answer is by faith. I like what uh, the expositor's Greek Testament, I, I do have this quote on the screen. This, what we're talking about, these words. The words thus become a definition of what faith does, not what it is. Substantially, the words mean that faith gives to things future, which is yet are only hoped for all the reality of actual present existence and irresistibly convinces us of the reality of things unseen and brings us into their presence. Things future and things unseen must become certainties to the mind if a balanced life is to be lived. We have to be convinced of what God promises us, what he has promised to us, the forgiveness of our sins, the hope of redemption, the promise of life, eternal life after we die, to be in his presence. We must be convinced of these things. They must become certainties if we're to live a balanced life. Now, um, in, the, in the video, it talked about faith is more than believing. And it is more than simply belief. 
Faith convinces us of the reality of those things we cannot see. Now, this is the case. How do we know that our faith is genuine? What will our faith lead us to do? Well, let's look at how faith manifested in the life of Abraham. And as I mentioned, I don't have this particular, these passages on, on the screen, but you can read them in your Bible. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10, and then I'm going to jump to 17 through 19. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. I love this verse. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 By faith Abraham when tested offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he he did receive Isaac back from death. So first of all, we see that faith obeys. Faith obeys. And now we can look at Hebrews eleven eight. It's on the screen. By faith, when Abraham was called to, to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was. So faith obeys, knowing the call. Faith obeys knowing the call. I want us to go back in your Bible. If you'll turn to the first book of the Bible, it's Genesis. And Genesis chapter 12, I want to read one, verses 1 through 4. This is the call of Abraham. So when it said God called Abraham in Hebrews, this is the story that it's talking about. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to, a, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. I cannot even imagine what that was like for Abraham. God told him to leave his country. He told him to leave his people. He told him to leave his family. Now sometimes, you know, we we elevate the characters of the Bible to a superhero status. You might think, oh yeah, that must have been Abraham. It was easy for him to leave his family and his his country, and so forth. Uh, but if you read the book of Genesis, you know, Abraham was kind of a chicken. And there was a time when he went into a certain area. I don't know if it was, if it was uh, what part 
where they were at exactly, can't remember, but uh, the people there noticed how beautiful Sarah was. Now, believe, remember, she was, she was up already advanced in years. She was still good looking. And Abraham was afraid that the people were going to kill him and take her uh, as, a, as a captive. So he tells his wife to lie to the people and say that, he, that she's his sister. <laughs> so, um, so Abraham was not always this stellar example of faith. Uh, he had his fears. He had his anxieties. And yet, when God called him, there was no doubt. There was, no, there was not a doubt in his mind that God was calling him to leave. And so, I want uh, to say one thing about being called. You say, oh, God called me to do this, or God called me to do that. You, you and I want to make sure that it is indeed God who is calling us. Uh, we want to make sure that it's not because of what we ate last night, or because of what we watched on television, or we saw some movie, or we heard a song. We want to make sure that God indeed has called us. Look, this is a quote from John Calvin. He says, no doubt it is one of the chief things which belong to faith not to move a step except God's word shows us the way and as a lantern gives us light according to what David says, Psalm 119, 105. Let us learn that it is a thing to be observed through life that we are to undertake nothing to which God does not call us. Uh, so, yes, faith will lead us to obey God's call, but we need to be sure that God is calling us. And how, how can we be sure that it is God that's calling us? Well, certainly we need to pray. We need to pray about what we feel called to do. Uh, we need to wait on the Lord. You want to make sure that God is impressing you and he's continuing to press on you what he's calling you to do. And then I think that we need to consult with our spiritual leaders. So here that would be our pastor. Here that would be our elders. And, and maybe some of you have a wise Christian friend, uh, someone who you know walks with the Lord and is faithful and is a follower, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You want to touch base with them and make sure that it is indeed God calling you. In fact, Proverbs eleven fourteen. some of you know that, says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So Abraham, he went knowing the call, but not knowing the outcome. Look at, uh, uh, in, we read in Genesis 12 that God told Abraham to go to the land, I will show you. And it says in Hebrews 11.8 that Abraham obeyed and went even, that, even though he did not know where he was going. You ladies, your husbands, you say they never know where they're going. They're driving somewhere, right? Well, Abraham did not know where he was going because God did not tell him where he was going. Uh, I know that, that uh, some of you could testify to stepping out in faith. 
You didn't know how something was going to work out. You, you gave money, and you, 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 you promised that you would, the Lord, that you would give faithfully your tithes and your offerings. Or maybe you gave over and above and beyond. Or maybe you, you volunteered to serve here in church. Or maybe you decided to share your testimony or witness to someone, and you didn't know how it was going to go. Maybe you, you volunteered to sing or to play. You say, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Anita. I don't know if I'm going to be that good up there. You didn't know, but you stepped out in faith, and God honored that. God honored that. So you could testify about times when you obeyed God. And in fact, your testimony could be that which is found in this hymn. It's on the screen. Lead kindly light. The night is dark and I am far from home. Direct my feet. I do not ask to see the distance seen. One step enough for me. So lead me onward, Lord, and hear my plea. That surely had to be what Abraham was saying. That he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what was going to happen. But he prayed and asked God and he, he, to direct him and to show him. And God did. And so if our faith in God is genuine, we will obey him whatever he calls us to do. Even though we cannot see the outcome. We will trust him. We will obey him even if we do not see what the outcome will be. So faith obeys knowing the call and faith uh, uh, and not knowing the outcome. Second, faith perseveres. Faith perseveres. I hope I spelled it right on the slide. Uh, it says by faith, and this is Hebrews 11, faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose author and builder is God. So faith perseveres, accepting the temporary. Accepting the temporary. And if you look at the nine. Uh, the first, uh, the second part of the verse says, "He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs of him, with him of the same promise." Charles Spurgeon, uh, English, 18, excuse me, nineteenth-century English preacher, he said this. He says, "The obedience which faith produces must be continuous." Having commenced the separated life. Abraham continued to dwell in tents and sojourn in the land which was far from the place of his birth. So we don't just obey God one time. We continue to obey him. We continue to follow him. We continue to do what we believe he's called us to do. We continue. And then uh, I like what uh, uh, John MacArthur in his commentary on Hebrews, he wrote, that dwelling in tents was the way of travelers and nomads. I, I don't know if you like camping. I do not. I'm not a fan of camping. Uh, I don't mind. I love going to the outdoors. love hiking. And uh, the last t- t- uh, time I traveled was to, to uh, Colorado. 
and uh, um, before the COVID pandemic and all, everything went on, and, and Scott Hill and I, we, we, he, he had a great plan. He, he said, let's go early so we can do some hiking before the conference starts, the classes for the CRC, and then we'll have some time over to go. And we did, and it was, it was absolutely uh, beautiful. Uh, so I do like going in the outdoors, and, and uh, Abraham was definitely in the outdoors because he, here's the thing. Abraham lived in tents already. The, if you, when he was called, he lived in a tent. So this is not a completely unusual thing, but, you know, you think about it. If you're going to move, if you live in an apartment, you're going to move. Wouldn't you rather move to a house than to another apartment? Are you right? Or if you move and you live in an apartment and you say, oh, I got a new job and I'm moving to, to another city and I'm so excited and I'm going to live in an apartment. No. Would you rather, if you're going to leave an apartment, you would rather, well, he, left, he was living in tents and now he's still living in tents. And they were not considered permanent residences back in those days. It says, not only Abraham, but also his son and grandson, Isaac and Jacob, lived out their lives in tents. They were in the land God had promised, but they did, a, did not settle down in it. Those great patriarchs, in fact, would never possess the land except by faith. The land was in sight, but not in hand. Near as it was, the land was still only a promise. And it says Abraham did not build any houses or cities. So faith perseveres accepting the temporary. And then also faith perseveres hoping for the eternal. Hoping for the eternal. Again, in Hebrews 11.10, says of Abraham, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect, and builder is God. Strong says to look, look for, expect, wait for, for, expect, and to wait. And I like what uh, A.P. Robertson, this is his steady and patient waiting in spite of disappointment. And believe me, if you continue to read the story of Abraham, you'll remember, you'll remember that he faced a lot of disappointment. The child that he was promised didn't come right away. And year after year after year passed by, he didn't receive the promised son. But he continued to stay where God called him and he continued to be there, to dwell there. Because Why? He was looking for a city. Not a city that he was going to build. Not a city that was already built. He was looking for a city whose builder, I love that line, whose builder, whose architect and builder is God. Wow. You may have had a house, but you love your house, a great architect. Well, there's no architect like God. Right? Um, he was looking for that city. I remember when I was a little boy, we would travel to Austin a lot. And uh, I don't know how you feel about Austin. It's a great, I think it's a great place to visit. <laughs> but I like living in Houston. But I remember we traveled up, uh, we didn't go 290. We went up uh, 
Highway 10 to 71. And when you get to Bastrop, you get to Bastrop and you come over a hill, in the distance, you can see Austin. I would always be so excited that we were almost there. Now, three hours, that's, you adult, that's not a very long trip. But for a kid, three hours, a long, <laughs> very long time. So when I saw the city of Austin, I got excited. Of course, I was a little disappointed because it was another 30 minutes or whatever it was till we got there. I looked forward to being in Austin. And here's the thing about Abraham. He was not looking forward to being in Canaan. He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose altar, whose architect and builder is God. And, and what kind of city is that? Not any city on this earth. Not any city on this earth, on this planet. It's a heavenly city. Do you think about heaven? I think that everyone thinks about heaven. Everyone. Even people that don't believe in heaven think about heaven. Wow. I don't believe in heaven. Man, it would be great if there was like heaven. Um, but I do think... Uh, um, I should say, I don't think, even though everyone thinks about heaven, I don't think we think about heaven as much as when we are young, like these young people over here. They might think about heaven every now and then. But I have learned, as you get older and older and older, you think about heaven more and more, especially if you have loved ones in heaven. You think about heaven uh, more and more. Uh, and so are you looking? Are you looking forward to the city? The heavenly city? Are you looking forward to heaven? Um, I don't know if you, this song Liz is going to put up on the screen. I didn't realize that uh, Elvis Presley actually did a, a, a version of this song. I've not heard it. Maybe you have. But I'm wondering, how many of you recognize this song? Raise your hand. So I thought it'd be great if we just sang this chorus. I've got a man just over the hilltop In that bright land where we'll never grow old And someday yonder we will never more wander, but walk on streets that are pure as gold. Amen. Amen. So faith perseveres, not knowing the outcome, but hoping for the eternal. Faith perseveres, not knowing the outcome, but hoping for the eternal. Uh, next, faith sacrifices. Faith sacrifices. Look at Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. It says, By faith, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice 
His one and only Son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham believed, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so, in a manner of speaking, he, he did receive Isaac back from death. So faith sacrifices, first of all, holding nothing back. And I want us to look at the story in the original context. It's from Genesis chapter uh, 22. Um, well, before that, I wanted to say, um, oh, I'm sorry, this is right. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here am I. Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Continued. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood, for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Just notice, God told Abraham, he calls Abraham to sacrifice his son. And does Abraham say, uh, did, I hear, did I hear you correctly, God? Is, wait a second, is that, is that really you, Lord? Um, well, I don't know, Lord. The next morning, Abraham got up, took everything he needed to offer his son sacrifice. Now look at Genesis 22, 9 through 10. It says, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. This guy did everything and literally had the knife in his hand and pulled back to stab and kill his son. So I want to point out something. Whoa, what's going on there? Um... Human sacrifice was a common religious practice for the people of, the, of that time. Um, and during the time in which Abraham lived, among the people that he lived among, both in, in uh, Haran, where he's from, and then in the New Land, where he was went to. This is a common, it was, human sacrifice was common. But the people of God knew that they were not to sacrifice, they weren't to another human being. And then later on in Leviticus, it says, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed for Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God, the Lord. Now, having said that, uh, Hebrews 11 and then Genesis 22 say that God tested Abraham. I cannot even imagine. I don't have any children. A ton of nieces and nephews, and uh, I love them to death. But you have children. I cannot imagine 
what that was like for Abraham, for God to ask him to sacrifice his son. You know, there are people uh, every day who make sacrifices. Uh, Law enforcement, first responders, military. In fact, now increasingly people in the healthcare field making a sacrifice uh, and are laying down their lives. And we're grateful for their sacrifice. But being asked, his son, he was telling me uh, when his wife uh, was dying and in the hospital. He tells me uh, that he asked God to take him instead of his wife. And if you have children and your children are sick or you have a, a spouse and your spouse is sick and suffering in the hospital, I can imagine you may have done the same thing. So I can imagine Abraham thinking, oh my, what about me, Lord? Does it have to be Isaac? Um... The Bible doesn't mention how Abraham was feeling or how he was thinking. It only tells us what he did. He did what God asked him to do, even to the point of lifting a knife to kill his one and only son. Um, You know the story. An angel stopped him. An angel stopped him right before he was to kill his son. Um... This is the interesting, interesting thing. Not only was Isaac uh, Abraham's one and only son, he was the child of the promise. He's the one that God said, I'm going to give you a son. And, and from that son is going to come numerous uh, people, uh, more than the stars of the, of the sky, more than you can count. And now God is asking him to sacrifice this son. He was asking him to sacrifice all of his hopes and all of his dreams. I would understand. I would understand if Abraham said to God, Why? Why would you give me a son and then take him from me? Why? He might, have, he might have been thinking, I wish God would have never even given me a son. But that's not what Abraham did. No, Abraham obeyed God. He held nothing back. And I have to imagine that Abraham was relieved when God spared his son. You've been relieved when God spared your spouse or when God spared your child. And more importantly, Abraham had passed the test because God was testing him, but it was only a test. And he passed. Before we move on, I want to I show you something. Liz, can you bring up this, this uh, picture? Uh, you can see on here, Abraham was told to go to the room of Moriah. 
anyone notice anything about Moriah? You see how close it is to Jerusalem? A lot of people, uh, history says that that's where the, the temple was built. Where they would offer sacrifices. Well, not very far from that spot. Um, there was another son. There was a son who was not spared. It was God's son. It was the Lamb of God was slain. Do you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't think that. I don't think so. I don't think so. So where Abraham sacrificed until God stopped it, not too far from there, is where our Lord and Savior was crucified, where he died. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I think it's a consequence that the writer of Hebrews, when he was talking about Abraham, or God, when he said, sacrifice your son, your one and only son. You know, there's another scripture, Romans 8.32. It's not on the screen. He said, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will, not, will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God held nothing back so that we might be forgiven of our sins, so that we might be saved. It is not unrealistic to think that God might ask the same thing of us. That he might ask us to make a great sacrifice. So faith sacrifices, holding nothing back. And finally, somebody say, amen, finally. Uh, finally, faith sacrifices, believing in the impossible. Look at Hebrews eleven nineteen. Abraham reasoned that God could raise, even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So how was Abraham prepared to sacrifice his only son? The son that had been promised, the son who was supposed to the hope. Rather, he believed that God was able to do the impossible. Do you believe that God is able to do the impossible? You know you have to believe. You have, in order to be a Christian, you have to believe that God is able to do the impossible. Look at Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You say, oh, I believe in Jesus. You have, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Ooh, I think that's just a, that's a myth. It's a story. I don't really believe it happened. I really wonder whether they are truly Christian or not. So it said, Abraham believed that God could raise him from the dead. 1119. 
Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Um, he sacrifices, holding nothing back, and believing in the impossible. So, of application. I want us to look at this verse. What, why is this story in the Bible? And, of course, you have it in Hebrews, but you have the story in Genesis. Why? Why Why do we want to hear about a man almost sacrificing his son? Why do we want to know about this story? Look at Hebrew, excuse me, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we must have hope. This story is in the Bible for our benefit. This story is in the Bible so that we could know what it looks like if we have genuine faith, how that will be manifested in our lives. So I have three questions for you. This morning, is God asking you to obey Is God asking you to persevere? Is God asking you to sacrifice? You know, um, I was thinking about Lindy's um, class. Um, That is going to require quite a commitment. I want you to pray about that. Maybe, Maybe just looking at that and you got a little twinge. And you say, man, Wednesday night, that's The Bachelor, or that's Dancing with the Stars, or that's Wednesday night, man. Man, what a commitment. I don't, I don't know about that. I get off of work. I just want to go home. I just want to chill. Faith obeys. You know, you, we're a few minutes the offering. And maybe you... You're, you've been cautious during this pandemic. You've been saving, and you haven't been honoring the Lord through your giving. And God's putting, tapping you on the shoulder and saying to give, to give what He's just a portion of what He's given you. Faith obeys. What is God asking you to do? What is he asking you to obey? Um, To forgive somebody. To reach out to somebody. To come up here and serve. You know, I always laugh when when, uh, I would never be on praise team. And then I hear him like, Lord, I've got a beautiful voice. Trudy John sits next to me sometimes. And I'm like, she has a lovely voice. Hmm, I'm going to tell Anita. She's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare tell Anita. Some of y'all are going to start like singing lower now. You don't want anybody to hear you. Uh, God, what is God asking you to obey? Is God asking you to persevere? Are you struggling with health? Are you struggling in your marriage? Struggling in your, your parenting? Are you struggling in your job? And you want to give up? Is God asking you 
to persevere. Maybe you're struggling to keep coming to hope. Is God asking you to persevere? And last, is God asking you to sacrifice? Is God asking you to sacrifice? You know, um, God would never ask us. God would never ask us to sacrifice our children. Uh, not in that sense. But you know, God wants us to put our children and our loved ones in his hands. There's a, there's a very famous devotion of uh, Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. And it says that we don't like putting God, we don't like putting our loved ones in God's hands. Because we don't know what God's going to do with them. We don't, we don't want to hurt them, hurt them, or make them suffer. Oh, I, I, I'm going to handle this on, on my own. Sometimes God asks us to sacrifice, to lay down things, to hold nothing back. And we were in our following him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word and for the testimony of Abraham. Lord, thank you that he obeyed and he sacrificed, Lord. Lord, you are called to obey to faith to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.